This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon and welcome. Today we follow up on yesterday's big story, the disciplinary hearing for convicted serial killer Elizabeth Wetlofer at the College of Nurses of Ontario. Yesterday we were on air while the hearing was going on and the main thing that our expert guests wanted to learn was what, if anything, the college did when they learned that Wetlofer had been fired for 10 serious workplace violations involving medication errors. That was back in 2014. Well, we found out that the college did nothing. It chose not to investigate further, not to try to strip Wetlofer of her license, because, apparently, they were told that Wetlofer was upfront about making medication errors and, uh, according to that report, had no, quote, underlying issues. So we want to hear from you. What do you make of that? The numbers to call, 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-744-740. Yesterday, uh, we did not have enough time to take all of your calls, so uh, you can call back today. But right now, we have Jane Minas of the Advocacy Centre for the Elderly. Jane was in the room listening to the hearing yesterday. And she joins me now. Hi, Jane. Hi, Libby. How are you today? Fine. How are you? I'm pretty good. So what did you make of that bit of news coming out of the hearing? So the the, um, college um, provided information about two different incidents that occurred with Ms. Lawfer over the years. The first being um, stealing medication in um, about 1995 that resulted in her um, and, and being caught being um, intoxicated at work, um, where she was fired from a hospital, although it was unnamed. Um, and at that time, she was found to be, um, they had incapacity proceedings, got evidence from two experts, and there was a uh, restriction placed on her uh, license for a year and she complied and that remained on her license for six years. So that was sort of the first thing we found out about. What and do you mean remained on her license? So she was she was restricted for six so years? or just restricted for one year but the information um, was on her license for six years. In the legislation at the time at the end of six years that information if you didn't do anything else if you had no other issues it was removed from the public record. So it would still appear in the records, obviously, of the, of the college, but it would no longer appear publicly. Okay. Um, and so that legislation has changed. It's not an automatic uh, uh, taking off of your public record anymore. Uh, but that was the legislation at the time. So that was the first thing we heard about. Then the second was about the incident with respect to the medication which occurred in uh, March of 2014, where she was found to have 
um, administered insulin belonging to one resident to another. So uh, a resident who required insulin was given the insulin belonging to someone else. At that time, uh, it was um, uh, reported to the college. Okay, just a minute. But the the person who got the insulin actually needed it? Or? That's correct. Okay. Um, so, you know, we're, we don't know anything about... It was a different kind of insulin. We don't have any more information than that specifically. Um, there appeared to have been some other evidence of um, perhaps other incidents that had happened. This was not divulged at the hearing yesterday, um, but this seemed to be the culmination of a number of issues. It was reported to the college. The college spoke to the director of nursing in the facility um, and was told that uh, she uh, had admitted the error, had always admitted errors when they'd come up. Um, they had no reason to believe that there were any issues with respect to that, that there was anything other than medication errors, um, and the college chose not to pursue it any farther. Whoa, 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 Jane. She always admitted medication errors? Excuse me? Yes. So uh, somebody who makes repeated medication errors, that's okay? Well, we don't know what the errors were. We don't have any other information. Uh, so it is, it's a very difficult um, thing to look at. I mean, we're always looking, right now we're looking back. And we don't know what the severity of those errors were. Um, was that, you know, that they gave the wrong medication, they forgot to give the medication, they gave the wrong person the medication. Could be a lot of things. We just don't know what the details of those incidents are. You know, um, Nurses, like everyone else, obviously can make mistakes. Right. Um, and you know, we don't, it, it's a very difficult balance because we don't want nurses to not admit mistakes, right? If you make a mistake, you want to be able to come out and say, gee, you know, I did this, what can I do? How do I fix it? Um, I think that one of the problems that we see here is, is yes, there was, a, there was the history, absolutely, we don't know the details of what the, even even now we still don't know the total history of those of those incidents. I'm not sure that you know nurses and directors of nurses really are the experts in investigation of these issues. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think the college probably has the ability to investigate every single medication error that comes across their desk. Um, you know, if the person was fired, the question I think. If it's that serious, should they be looking at it? Um, if the home thinks or the employer thinks it's that serious that they're firing for cause, maybe that's something that uh, there should be some change in the legislation to say that there is a mandatory um, investigation in those circumstances. Because obviously she was able to go to another employer, and what we understand is she provided some information about the firing, that it was medication error uh, related, uh, and they still hired her. So, you know, there's some issues here with respect to, you know, what, what kind of due diligence are homes able to do? What kind of, you know, what, what, are they able to actually investigate those things? She's also working at night, and the, you know, issue around the supervision um, on night shifts is a really big issue, and, and we don't know. I think the other issue here is the fact that, in retrospect, it was insulin. Um, and when we heard, you know, a lot of uh, the 
recitation of the facts in the in the first part of the hearing, we did hear about her, you know, using other people's medication, insulin to, um, you know, to when when she was when she was um, assaulting and and subsequently, you know, sometimes murdering people. She did use other people's insulin. So it, in retrospect, I think we look at those questions and the, you know, where where do we draw the line between you know, sort of saying, okay, this person made a mistake and going farther. And I think that's something that, you know, this uh, public inquiry really is going to have to look at. Okay. I, I want to give the numbers out again because, mm-hmm. you know, I, I find some of the things that you're saying very disturbing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, because even in this hearing yesterday after this woman uh, has confessed to being a serial killer, mm-hmm. we still don't know all the details of her past mistakes. No. You, an expert, are also telling us you don't think that the college has the wherewithal to investigate a lot of these mistakes. I'd like to hear from people on, on what they think and uh, does it worry them that this is the regulation body, the, this is the police of nurses. Uh, the numbers to call, 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And Jane, yesterday on the show, we were talking to Doris Greenspoon, who is the head of the uh, Registered Nurses of Ontario. And she said that what she would like to see is that every time a nurse is fired, that it goes on the public record along with the reason. What do you think of that? Again, that it's a balance issue um, because there are many reasons that people can be fired. And so, you know, the question that we have to ask as a society is, is every single reason that, say, a nurse has, is fired, is that something that should be made public? Um, I think that it should be um, certainly information that's available to employers. Does it mean it should be on a public registry for every single person to see? Um, there may be other reasons for firing other than not being, you know, doing things like medication errors. So I think well, yeah, you can be fired for being late, right? Uh, yeah, habitually you can be fired late. for being late. Now, that's, I think, things that employers need to know. And I think that's really important. So I think we have to look at what the balance is because, um, you know, we don't want people to be hiding things. Um, we want people to be up front. We, we, we want um, to be able to trust the system. And we don't want to, you know, drive things underground either. And we also want to be fair to people who might make a mistake. Um, but I think it's important, obviously, for employers to know. And so there's a question whether or not that information should be at the college, um, but maybe not on a public register. These are all things, again, that I think we really have to look at at the public inquiry. It's how do we best protect the, the patients? Because I don't think it's just as simple as saying, we're just going to put it all on a registry. Um, yeah, and uh, I mean, Jane, uh, before we get to the mm-hmm. phones, uh, you're a lawyer. Mm-hmm. Uh, putting something like that on a public registry, I mean, is that against our privacy laws or even on something that's available for employers? Um, it, it, certainly not from employers. From a privacy perspective, I think it does require the legislation. It would oh. require a legislative change, I think. Okay, uh, let's go to John in Toronto. Hi, John. Uh, yes, uh, the problem is here is in the um, the terminology, the word college of nurses, just like the word college of physicians and surgeons. They're not going to do any investigating uh, on a nurse or a doctor. They're actually the union that protects these nurses and doctors. 
Well, there. I mean, that is the. the They are not the union. Well, they 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 are acting in that capacity. They're They're, they are considered the self protecting the nurses and doctors. Well, they're considered. They're the body charged with regulation, self regulation, and that's the question. Well, that's are they doing it? Innate problem. Yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. That's right. And I think that this is, you know, there are any self-regulating body has that um, perspective that, you know, some people believe that they're protecting the people who work there, others don't. Um, and this is, again, what we need to look at in a, in a public inquiry. And it has certainly come up in, in the physicians. It comes up with lawyers um, all the time. And it's really important that these bodies, in fact, are protecting the public and not, you know, and not the nurses. But at the same time, we have to ensure that they're doing it in an appropriate way. And that's, I think, what hopefully this inquiry, one of the things that we'll look at. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree. That has to be looked at. John, mm-hmm. thanks very much for your call. Let's go to uh, Steve. And uh, Steve, you're calling from the 401 and you work in long-term care. I do, correct. And I think something that's not being discussed nearly enough, and I hope maybe it will be in the inquiry, is the union's involvement uh, in being nursing homes being unable to easily fire nurses who are irresponsible and should be fired. Because you try to fire a nurse, for example, and the union grieves it, uh, you decide to fight it, it goes to arbitration, you lose. So these unions are defending nurses who probably shouldn't be practicing. And not only does the nursing home have to hire the nurse back, but we have to pay all kinds of money. And so it's a vicious circle. So the unions need to realize that maybe they shouldn't be backing up incompetent nurses all the time. Well, they don't all the time. Yeah, all the time is a bit unfair. Correct. But very often, absolutely. Uh, what uh, what type of work do you do in long-term care, Steve? I'm in management. You're in management. And how often has this come up? Uh, quite often. Often enough. Often enough, the arbitration system needs a serious overhaul and look at. And again, I hope that's part of the inquiry. Yeah, we hope so, too. Steve, thanks very much for your call. You're welcome. Okay, uh, Jane, do you have anything to say to... Uh, yeah, and, and this is certainly a frustration in the system. Um, and, you know, it's certainly a frustration for my clients when things happen and the empl- the employer either says, well, there's no point because it'll get grieved and the union sort of runs everything, um, and uh, or the person is allowed back. I'm not sure that it's totally fair to say that the unions shouldn't be representing. And, I mean, that is their job is to represent people and to, you know, arbitrate. I think there is an issue around that, the, you know, the arbitration system and that people are being put back that, uh, you know, that certainly the public does not believe is appropriate. And so there's the question, should the unions be, you know, not doing this job? And I'm not sure that that's fair. Um, but, you know, are these decisions being made appropriately well, on the arbitrator side. Do, do, yeah, and do the decisions err on the side of, of the person who's been fired? I mean, uh, there's another case I'd like to look into, but, you know, uh, of, mm. of a nurse being on opioids. Right. And uh, so, I mean, there are big questions there. Uh, and 
Will the scope of the inquiry deal with that? Well, so that's what we're waiting for, and that's why, you know, as you know, we don't have the um, inquiry has, has been announced that they're going to go to the Lieutenant Governor and Council to get an order, but part of what they have to do is to set those terms of reference. So that is what we're hoping they will do. We don't know yet what those terms of reference are. Um, and in this case, we don't have any... I don't believe that uh, Ms. Wetlaufer grieved her firing, so I'm not sure if there was any involvement certainly at this stage again maybe there's something there we just don't know about it okay well uh uh, you know it it bothers me that there's still a lot after all this time and and all that has passed that we still don't know let's go to tina in toronto hi tina hi libby how are you fine how are you i'm good thank you um libby you know what thank you for um your wonderful program and for bringing up this issue um, I, I also find uh, it disturbing. If I had my mom in the hospital or my dad and there was a mistaken medication, I think I would be very upset. Um, and I would definitely lodge a complaint with the College of Nurses. I think that if I think the public, I don't know if they are aware, if they're not satisfied with the decision that the College of Nurses make, they do have the option to appeal the decisions to the Health Professions Appeals and Review Board. They can bring it up again. Um, the College of Nurses is not the end of the line. But you know what else I find disturbing? How many times were mistakes made in medication before anybody found out? And then what was done about it? If nothing is done about it, then of course it's like we're opening up a can of worms and we're waiting for something worse to happen. So who who monitors um, how the nurses do their job? There's got to be there's got to be someone, and if not, somebody should be put in place. Is there not a head nurse? Is there not a body that monitors how people do their job? Well, it, it, you know, there's an issue with the staffing at night, Jane. Um... Yeah, and, and there were, certainly there is, you know, there is a, a, a director of nursing in homes. Some will have head nurses, for, you know, sort of thing. But in, in Ms. Wattler's case, she was probably you know, on her own, very little contact. If she was working nights with the director of nurse to actually see what she was doing um, on an ongoing basis. We do have the ministry that goes into homes, but they generally don't um, go into night shifts. They're there during the, during the day. Um, and, and, you know, they're not really looking, you know, they're reviewing records, but, you know, as you can see in this case, I mean, she's not going to record things that she wasn't doing properly necessarily. Now, some people do, and I think that's one of the things we need to encourage is if a mistake is made, you need to sort of fess up right away and say, oh, my goodness, I made this mistake, um, right. and, and deal with it right away. And I think that's the way to, you know, to go. Um, whether that happened here, I suspect that it was that she was caught doing things. Again, we don't have the details. Uh, so it's all very speculative because we have just a snapshot. We have more information than we did on Monday, but not much. Okay. Tina, thank you very much for that. Thank you, too, Libby. Take care and God bless. Thank you. Let's go to uh, Gilbert in Niagara-on-the-Lake. Hello, Gilbert. Hi, how are you? Fine, thanks. Uh, I don't think that, the uh, like many associations, the disciplinary committee of the CNO, uh, whether it be uh, nurses, teachers, chiropractors, optometrists, dental surgeons, the Law Society of Canada... These bodies should not be uh, able to discipline themselves. 
I don't uh, mind having a few representatives on this committee, but it seems to me that when these things come up, it's like the old boy network making decisions. So whenever I hear of decisions made by such committees, I have a big question mark. I think this, uh, you had a caller yesterday that was right on, and uh, I realize that also that unions make it very difficult to uh, take action. But I think that these committees should be uh, made up of many outsiders other than internal internally made by nurses or doctors or whatever. That's my comment. Okay, Gilbert, thank you for that. Uh, Jane, uh, we are about to wrap up this segment. Uh, what would you like to leave us with? And, of course, do you have any response for Gilbert? Well, I, uh, certainly, you know, um, all of the committees do have appointees who are not members of their, of their respective colleges. Um, but it is an issue, and I think it's something that the, this inquiry will have to look at. I think that what we really need to do is, is push for an inquiry, not only into this, but you know, maybe a little bit of a broader inquiry into the whole long-term care system, um, which has got a lot of issues and that really are outside of this specific one. This highlights some of the very serious issues, um, but there's a lot of things that are going on in long-term care that are broader that we really need to be looking at. Yeah, I hope. I, I, I assumed we were getting a broader inquiry, but I guess we don't know we don't that know. for sure yet. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, um, Jane Minas, thank you so much for that. And uh, I hope we don't have to talk about this uh, too soon again. And uh, let's hope that we get a good framework for that inquiry to tackle all the problems. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thanks, Libby. Bye-bye. Bye. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.